Okay, so it's Joey Remini here from Seeking Balance Australia and I've got a very special guest with me. Some of you will know my brother Dan Remini and Dan's actually played a really integral and important part in me starting Seeking Balance and offering online resources to people who live all over the world. And so if you have read my backstory, I was actually working for eight years at the University of Melbourne and I was at the vestibular clinic seeing you know, the most interesting cases and working with neurologists, ENT surgeons, psychologists, physiotherapists, audiologists. You know, I had this amazing elite team and it was a great place for my internship, for all of my vestibular audiology studies and it was fascinating. But in 2008, Dan broke his neck skiing and became a quadriplegic and I was one of Dan's primary carers. So, you know, life changed and I ended up leaving Melbourne and moving down to the rural town of Torquay, which is on the surf coast in Victoria. And what that meant is I could no longer physically or logistically work at Melbourne Uni. So I thought, I've got this expertise. Uh, the neurologists were really encouraging me to move forwards in this field. It's a very young and growing field, the vestibular audiology field. So I developed um, resources for clients who live in rural Australia or remote Australia and then of course that's grown now and I have the Rocksteady 12-week e-learning program for vertigo and tinnitus I have the beautiful balance video therapy program and I'm seeing clients from all over the world and so I wanted to share with you some of the the journey that we've gone through as a family when you go through a severe change to your life so impairment and Dan, as I discussed in the blog I wrote, you know, you can see what's happened to Dan. He's got his wheelchair. He, you know, has, I think, a, just a few muscle groups that work. You've got your rhomboids. No, you know, your deltoids. Yeah, so mate, basically broke uh, neck and I've got three muscle groups. So Three muscle groups. Deltoids, deltoids and traps. The um, trapezius so muscles, the back of the neck. Limited arm strength. Limited yep. arm strength. Um, nothing nothing below the nipples really yeah so. so what that means is that it's very clear when anybody meets Dan he's in a wheelchair he's got limited movement can't use his fingers wrists or abdomen so it's in some ways it's easy for Dan to ask for help and ask for support because it's visibly really obvious that he needs it you know so if he can't reach something or needs somebody to pass him things even total strangers will come and quite happily help him out so this is one of the major differences between Dan's injury and somebody with vertigo or tinnitus. Now, our, my clients, people in that, our community are experiencing an invisible condition. So you look totally normal, you know, you can put your lipstick on and head out the door and you look healthy, right? But in your inner world, your ex things are falling apart. You know, you're hearing sounds or you're not hearing sounds and you're feeling unsteady. There's often a loss of confidence. And it's like, you know, you look normal, but you really feel abnormal. And that inner conflict can be really confusing for yourself because it's like, well, how do I get support? Do I deserve support? All of these things, you know, experiencing change and sensory impairment. So I wanted to talk through a little bit about how it's been for Dan. And I'll let Dan introduce for himself, but in a nutshell, he's a super elite athlete. Before he broke his neck, he was doing everything from breakdancing to surfing to rock climbing, mountain biking. I wouldn't call myself super elite, but <laughs> I enjoy doing activities, that's for sure. Yeah, and life, or skiing, obviously, you <coughs> broke your neck skiing, but life, yeah. 
life evolved for Dan definitely around using the body and I mean and you were a chefing at that point in time yeah absolutely and how old were you young man I was 21 21 21 yep so what happened when you broke your neck what were some of the immediate changes to your life what um well <laughs> Where, where do you start? I you, know. Like, I didn't even know what a catheter was. Yep. I didn't know anything me medical-wise. Like, So, um, from day dot, it's a learning experience. Like, you just, you're learning, you, you're in an unknown world of what's happened to you and what's happened to me, what's, what's going to happen, you know, what does the future hold? So, it's quite scary. Do you, do you remember much about that first kind of month or so when the doctors were coming in and looking at the MRI scan and helping with diagnosis and there was things being said like you'll never walk again, you'll never this again, you'll never toilet yourself again. Do you remember that time? Absolutely, but it was a big cloud of emotion. Like emotions, emotions cloud our heads. So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very foggy. Um, I just remember taking it a day at a time. Yep. And it's the only way to do situations like that. Yep. In fact, it's the only way to do life. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. It's one day at a time because if you're worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or if you're still dwelling on what happened yesterday. So you, it's, you lose the present moment, which is actually... It's all about the power of now, really. So. And that's the foundations of mindfulness. So I'll often say to people, look, I genuinely love hanging out with my brother. He's great conversation. He's a joy to be around. And funnily enough, you, you've done no mindfulness training, have you, or any of that? Well, I've got a sister. Yeah, just, what I, <laughs> just having me in his ear. But I find it really fascinating that it feels like Dan just naturally and instinctively has some of these Zen qualities. And, it, um, and, and would you say you've had to learn this just by way of survival? It's like, I remember early on in the accident, Dan said to me, Joey, you know, I've broken my neck. I can do this with a smile or I can do it with a frown and I'm choosing to do it with a smile. So right from early on in the accident at the young age of 21, 22, Dan was consciously choosing how to approach this dilemma and this trauma. And what well, got you there? How did you do that? I think back then, like, cause I was talking to you before, how my approach to life is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. um, my philosophy on life is constantly changing. My skills are constantly changing on how how to deal day to day. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I've become more and more philosophical on life. Mm -hmm. And even though the, even my philosophies are changing day to day. Um, and one of my favourite quotes, uh, which I read the other day in a in a spinal cord newsletter, was um, "Intelligence is the ability to change." So um, I, I do, I do really try to um, notice to notify that I'm not. You, you, so you can't stay in one spot. You got to. You're not stuck. You got to progress all the time. This is golden because so many of my clients are feeling stuck. You know, they're like every day. Oh, I'm dizzy. I've got the tinnitus. Like it's still there. It's still there. It's still there. And that can be the place that they're at by the time they come and see me and they're like, all right, I want to learn about neuroplasticity. I want to learn about changing this. And Dan's actually spot on. As a human with biology, it's impossible to be stuck. We are changing. Our neurons are constantly communicating, remapping and resetting. 
And wherever our attention and our focus is, is where those neurons are most activated and looped. So what do you think is keeping us potentially stuck? So you know those moments when we get rigid and we get closed and it's like, you know, we're in a hole. What's inhibiting the, the, the change for yourself? Well, what's inhibiting the change? Well, for, for example, in, in the beginning, the way I was dealing with my accident was just um, physical rehabilitation. Yeah. So for me, it's all about physically getting better and learning how to do tasks again. Yeah. And because I was a 21-year-old, quite competitive with myself, always been very physically competitive, trying to get better at surfing, better at rock climbing, better at skiing. So I treated it like a sport. Mm -hmm. but I had to become... Like you're in the training. Best, yeah, I had to become the best quadriplegic. Yeah. At, you know, that I, I could be. Yeah. So it was a physical task. But yeah. now, now I'm kind of moved, now I've not reached my limit in, in physically, because I know there's still a lot, I could do a marathon if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I could go out and do that training, but at the moment I'm not motivated to do that. So for now, now I'm more, the way I tackle life is more with my, changing my mindset. So and, mental training. And mental training and, and yeah, so again, now I'm going down the more philosophy side because at the end of the day, this is just a vessel that I'm in. Yep. And so it's the life experience. And the other day, Dan and I were, were talking about this stuff and I was like, Dan, you know, you can still practice yoga. You don't need arms and legs. You don't need to be bendy or flexible to do yoga. You've got a body. You can feel, you can body scan, therefore absolutely all of that pathway of yoga and philosophy is accessible and Dan said to me you know it's almost like the body is receiving like a, a signal like a radio signal or a television signal and all, our job is to feel it so we're constantly getting information coming from our shared universe our shared world and we can either be numb to that and suppress that information or we can open up and feel it do you remember that conversation? Oh, it's about awareness and consciousness. So, like, what is consciousness? So, exactly. Um, we scientists don't know what consciousness is, and Yet. some people, some people claim that we're just a television, and um, we can we can alter our, we can alter our antennas. Yeah. So we can I can relate to that. We can fine tune our antenna to get a clearer consciousness or a clearer signal, and become more aware. So this is like, when we look at integrative medicine, we're looking at the holistic well-being of a person. And as Dan said, often it starts with the physical. It's like, you know, you want to have muscles, you want to be capable, you want to do things at that physical level. A lot of people will start with physiotherapy as a first point of rehab. And then we've also got mental, emotional and spiritual aspects. And what we're sort of touching on now are these layers of spiritual, you know, what do I believe in? Where am I gathering my resources from? And consciousness is really it's a choice it's like do i feel open-minded to enable change and sometimes it just starts with that so i'm thinking that when we get stuck and we all have moments of feeling stuck myself included it's when i feel like i've lost faith in myself i don't believe anymore and i start to shut down and it's like my antenna is actually closing off so if you think we about ourselves yeah and if you think about a radio it's like you're tuning into static there's nothing and so you're like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not getting anything. 
And when we're actually trained to, to sit back, feel, open up and be in a space of non-judgment and like Dan said, actually let ourselves change. So the person I was yesterday, I'm not that person anymore. I'm today's version of me. That shift in consciousness, I think, is exactly what helps us shift the antenna and receive new information. Now, what that means at the biology level, at the neurology level, is that new neurons are actually communicating with each other. So when we have that shift in mindset and then we're able to feel it differently, which is the emotional, and then at the spiritual level, we can believe that the change is possible. So we're thinking, feeling and believing. We're actually enabling different mapping networks to, to create different connections. And just a reminder for those of you who haven't seen my masterclass yet, our neurons are cells in the body and those cells connect like maps, like road maps. And you've got different maps for every feeling, every idea, every thought, every muscle group, for speech, for dreaming, for listening, you know, anything at all that we can do, feel, hear, see, taste, it has neural mapping to, to communicate that. And I believe life is really about what we feel, right? We're all ultimately chasing feeling good, feeling happy, feeling joy, feeling content. What do you think? <laughs> That's uh, a small question. So I believe life is about seeking wisdom. Yep. And what does wisdom mean for you? Um, well, I, I believe even our souls are seeking wisdom. Mm -hmm. So. Um, what does wisdom mean for me? Wisdom means um, seeking the best way to go about things. Mm -hmm. Seeking, it's, 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 I think actually it's all it's actually all about trying your best, probably. And how do you how do you know when you're trying your best? Like you know, if we come at this philosophy of there is no right and wrong, there just is. You know, what does it because mean to be doing your best? Because you'd always be seeking. So this so, idea of open yeah. learning, exactly. like a humility. Open, yeah, exactly. Yep. I, I think our souls inherently are wise, like the wisdom is yeah. there. And I feel like we're just slowly revealing it. And every day of our lives, we have access to more and more wisdom, like a readiness. You know, I guess it's like if I was to take up Russian, you learn a few key words and then every day you add on a bit. And you know, you're only ready to learn different bits of the language as you're ready. It's a building block process. Absolutely. And so I think it's the same with our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual learnings, you know. You can't do it all at once. It's a process of step by step. I'm just wondering, to finish up this kind of chat, you've been lucky enough to have a pretty good support team, would you say? Oh, yeah, fantastic. I mean, in hospital... How many hospital meals did you eat in that sort of year or so you were living there? No, yeah, none. <laughs> so I definitely do. Um, I'm very grateful. Another thing for life in life is you have to be. You do have to be grateful for what you got. So mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm incredibly grateful for not only my family around. Luna. But just. <laughs> Just the, the ability of being able to pull through it as well. So, yeah, absolutely, I'm not... I, I know that the way I've turned out, or where I am today, I wouldn't be if it wasn't for... Yeah, the people around me, and, and also just the person I am, but ultimately, I am this person 
because of the people around me yeah. as well. So, um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly. I've always said I've, I had the best childhood in, my, in that I've ever known. Um, you know, well, we so, only know the one, don't we? Yeah, exactly. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the childhood that my parents gave us. Um, and so, for, and for that, I'm very aware that other people haven't had that. Mm. So, someone else going through this situation might found it much more difficult than me. And some people listening may not have family supports. You know, they may not have people to turn to and get that sort of unconditional availability, which. Yeah. You know, and there's times when I can't help Dan. He says, can you do this? And I'm like, sorry, I'm not available. And, and you do need a team of people. And would you say that one of the skills in sort of becoming successfully impaired, let's say, so you've, you've got a disability, but you're quite successful with this. You know, you've, you've taken on further studies. You're super engaged in the community. You're now a father of a beautiful seven-month-old boy. So you're very successfully living with your disability would you say one of the things you've had to learn is how to ask for help and how to receive help yeah I, I, yeah absolutely and as you said before even down the street like how i go i go to the supermarket now and just go like excuse me can you get this down for me you know, it's, it's i think a, a lot of a lot of ch a change in me happened when uh i was open to the spirituality that you're talking about because yeah. ultimately, I believe spirituality, um, putting religion aside, like re religion, I believe tells you what to believe, right? Uh, but they've got a, they've got a book. Is is a set of rules of books and ideas and philosophies. This is the way to go. It's more rigid. Yeah, rather true spirituality, I believe, is actually looking deep down inside yourself and finding out who you are and who, yeah. what you believe your position is in this universe and what, 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 not what so much, why am I here? Because that's such a big question, but it's just, it's finding out to, um, to be content with yourself. So, and for the ones I've found, I, 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 found, I did feel an enlightenment yeah. at one stage of my life and I've held on to that forever and it's, and it was that inner happiness inside me, and now that I've found that. I You've find got it. it. I, I, yeah, and, but ultimately, now I find it so easy to ask someone down the street that I've never met before if they can help me do this or that, mm. because I don't care what people think anymore. Because because internally I'm happy. So it's about when you're not really internally happy, yeah. you care so much about what other people think. Yeah. But then once all of a sudden you're happy, yeah. you don't care anymore. And I just wanna I just so. wanna follow that up by saying it's really normal to care what other people think. So that is a phase in our spiritual growth that we all go through. And just before this, um, we turned the video on, Dan was saying like, you know, I've pro he's like, I've only probably really got a lot of this in the last year. And you broke your neck nine years ago, is it? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's a yeah. process of learning over years and Sometimes when things change in our body and change in our life and change in our circumstance and we have to have the humility to sit back and go, what's going on here? And where am I with this? Where's my truth? That process is, is I mean, it's life changing and it can feel very vulnerable. It can feel scary. It can feel unknown. And imagine not having support through that. So you imagine, you know, being told, here's some medicine, go away and deal with it. Or here's a, here's a device, here's this, here's that. 
And that's actually what a lot of people with vertigo and tinnitus are dealing with, is they're not really held in a supportive way. And on top of that, they're not in a wheelchair, so it's, it's, it's invisible, okay? They look normal, but in their world, they're going through a, a significant impairment. This is a big deal. So I just wanted to say it's normal that most humans actually care what other people think about them. And to get to that space of going, you know what, I am who I am and I'm okay with myself and I don't really mind anymore what other people think. I'm just gonna carry on with my life. That is one of the places that we're all hoping to get to and it takes quite a lot of work to get there. So... Could I just add, mm. um, I think, yes, tinnitus, you can't see it. And yes, you can see my... Um, my Spinal injury. The thing is, every single person is dealing with stuff that you can't see. Yeah. And, I'm, and I also dealt with stuff I can't see because because I did go through rehab with the positive attitude. I had so many people coming to me going, oh, Dan, you're so amazing, you're so positive. And then all of a sudden I had pressure on me to always be positive and amazing and I could never feel um, down and depressed. And, you know, I remember that. And um, that was really challenging. So all of a sudden, yes, I am dealing with shit inside me that no one can see because I was brewing depression or, you know, so or anger or you what yeah whatever it is when it's a, life is a head game where we all have shit inside there that mm -hmm. no one else can see mm -hmm. but it's up to us to fix it yeah or or i would say this is the woman in me i would say rather than fix it just feel it it's when we suppress it or push it down that those feelings actually get looped in our neural mapping so when we feel it we can actually then release it and heal it so I believe no one needs fixing. You're not broken. And if you're listening to this, I want you to know, yes, you can be feeling like the world is falling apart and it's confusing and you don't know where to turn, but you're not broken, okay? You don't need fixing. And this process of engaging consciously with neuroplasticity is a process that is different for everyone. There are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects. It's something that you embody and you walk and I strongly recommend that you read about it, learn about it, and when you feel ready, actually sign up and get started with it. But a lot of my clients were really keen to hear you talk, Dan, so thank you so much for oh, taking lovely. the time. Thank you very this much. is Luna, we didn't introduce Luna, but Stan's dog. Hello. <laughs> um, we're gonna sign off, it's a bye for now. Thank you so much, Dan, I always Pleasure. love hanging out with you. And I'll see you around, bye everybody. Bye-bye.